0: Hey guys, want to welcome you to the Church Scattered podcast. In fact, it is our first podcast. We're really excited about that. Uh, My name is Chris Bell, I'm the lead pastor of Three Circle Church. Uh, in coastal Alabama. And on the podcast with me today is another one of our founding team members and the author of the new book that's coming out uh, right now called Church Scattered, my good friend Dan Greer. Dan, great to have you on the podcast today.
1: I'm glad to be here, Chris.
0: Yeah, we're excited about this. Uh, We are a four-person team right now. Noel Fenderson, great business leader in Memphis, Tennessee, in that region. And then Blake Stanley, also a great executive pastor at Three Circle Church and uh, speaks all over the place on leadership uh, topics. They are a part of the team as well. And we're really excited to introduce you guys to the movement, the book. Uh, and the network that we call Church Scattered. And Dan, as we just dive right into that idea of Church Scattered, I think often, because I'm in the church world, I've been a a pastor and in ministry for over 20 years. I'm a practitioner, a pastor, great church, multi-site church. And I think I probably speak for a lot of guys in the church world when we hear the idea of Church Scattered, It's tough. We almost have a defensive mechanism that goes off because so much of our energy and time, and if I'm honest, so much of my resources, energy, and time has gone into the church gathered the weekend experience. And I think the the idea here is that we've missed so much in making that the driving force. And so uh, what I love about what we're trying to do with church scattered is we're not pitting the two against each other. And I love how you say it, Dan, that the ch- a church that gathers well should also scatter well, and that when we scatter well, it's going to impact the church gathered in extremely positive ways. Would you agree with that, Dan?
1: I would. And uh, I almost liken it, Chris, to, uh, you know, when I was a church leader and uh, I'd have a team of people coming back from an international mission trip, uh, they were different. They had been changed. Uh, Their life spiritually had gone to another level Uh, and everybody that heard their story, uh, it had the same impact to a degree on them. So for me, uh, you know, it's the same concept. When Christians effectively live out their faith all uh, during the week, uh, and they come to the gathered experience or their small group experience, uh, it works both ways. So uh, they're actually making that better. They're, they're inspiring and motivating other believers to live out their faith as well. So it's all the church. Right. Uh, I think that's part of what we've been missing. Uh, we've kind of, again, taken our eye off uh, the, the calling that we have on us to, to gather well uh, through corporate worship, minister to one another through body life. But at the same time, we're, we're, we're on mission and we are to go to work every day and represent Christ in the best possible way we can. So love it. not an either or, a, a both and.
0: Yeah, so just coming from two I mean you've been and and we'll talk about this more in a moment but you've been in both the the corporate and business world as a believer and living out your faith there and then of course you've been involved in the church world uh, in in mega church settings small church settings and and so and and me coming from the church side I just want to pull the defensiveness down immediately so that guys go okay the, these guys aren't throwing stones at the gather church not at all we're a part of it we love the gather church but I think what we we are ultimately committed to is the gospel and the kingdom of God and and what He's up to and we just believe that we have we at this point in history it is time for us to focus on the church scattered in a new and innovative and really focused way and and as we look at that I think what's amazing about this Dan you and I have been talking about this for over a year and preparing for uh, the launch of this network and 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 the book and all that went along with that and then the pandemic hit. And I think uh, some may look at it and go, wow, really good timing, guys. Well, we we don't get any credit for it because we didn't plan it this way, right? I mean, we this thing came upon us, and we realized that, that we certainly do see God's hand in kind of preparing us for this moment. Uh, and, and I think you've seen the same thing, Dan
1: yeah absolutely and uh, you know it's as long as I've been involved in in all these areas, both as a corporate leader, a church leader, and a very committed Christian since I came to Christ at a very you know uh, early age uh, you know it, it's it's always been to me of a, a point of you know how can I live out my faith each and every day? yes uh, because even at the very beginning uh, as someone who didn't grow up in the church uh, you know uh, i read the new testament and i just assumed i was in full time ministry uh, nobody told me any different at the time right. so uh, I started talking about Jesus at work every day. I mean, why not? I mean, that's sort of what he said to do. You mean, you know? Dan,
0: so, you didn't adhere to the uh, invisible lines that we've drawn so often for people?
1: Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't even know they existed. Uh, <laughs> I did find out later that they were there. Oh, someone and, straightened
0: uh, you out. Uh, 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 well, they tried. I got you. And,
1: uh, I ignored uh, most of them, but Thank got goodness. a little wiser and uh, realized that uh, it's just not quite that simple. Right. However, to your point, Uh, it does give me a unique perspective uh, in that I have sat in the pew as much as I have stood on the platform. Mm. And I get it from both sides. And uh, what we have to do here is stop uh, talking over each other and start talking to each other. Uh, And the idea to me of, uh, you know, a local church pastor like yourself with your great team uh, working uh, together with all of your corporate leaders, all of your right. committed believers that are in your church and trying to plan collectively how you reach uh, the Mobile Bay area and impact the world for Christ. That's right. uh, the dynamic here. It, it, it is uh, literally empowering the church to reach its maximum potential. And uh, one of the things also, Chris, and I appreciate one of our endorsers saying this we're, we're not, quote, uh, progressives trying to create something new and different, uh, we're actually going back to, to the book of Acts. And, uh, Correct. Uh, you know, the amazing thing to me, and it sort of started this, uh, you know, in my heart a long time ago, that, you know, after the, the resurrection and, you know, after the Great Commission and Pentecost and signs and wonders and right. people were coming to Christ by the multitudes, we, we don't even get to chapter 7, uh, before persecution starts kicking in and uh, we right. lose one of our great leaders. And all of a sudden, chapter eight, uh, it literally just says divine destruction. God scattered the people. Uh, and why did he do that? Uh, well, he wanted the gospel to go to the nations, to the Gentiles. So uh, it's not uh, really a new concept. God has yeah. been scattering his people throughout the Bible uh, to get them back on mission and prioritize representing him to the world.
0: Yeah, I love you. You use that word disruption. And again, people may be surprised that this is a biblical concept. Uh, and, and it's interesting to me, you know, you bring up the apostles and the early church, and as dynamic as we want to kind of romanticize that time, the fact is they were a little bit disobedient in the beginning. They, they wanted to hang out in Jerusalem. They kind of wanted to stay there, and you see God allowing this massive disruption. So on, on one hand, disruption is an old idea from the Bible, also us hanging on to our safety net there and staying where we are is also an old concept. And so, what I see, and I think, Chapter One of the book, which I just loved, Dan, the idea of global disruption—you uh, wrote that before the pandemic—but now we're seeing that the church, literally, in this, in very similar to the Book of Acts, has been scattered. Like we literally yes. can't at this point, as we record this podcast. Three Circle Church has not met in our buildings, four campuses, in two months. And uh, I think some churches are beginning to meet, but it doesn't look like it used to look. I mean everything has changed. And I think one thing we have to do, and and you and I are kind of beating this drum right now, and the Church Scattered Network will continue to, is that we need to see that if we believe God's sovereign, He was sovereign over this disruption as well. And to your point in the book and now, He is going to leverage global disruption for the advancement of the gospel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I totally believe that. And uh one thing we just have to accept and we really did to a degree before COVID-19, but now we really do. But uh, Christians in the 21st century are going to have to get very comfortable with disruption. Uh, It's all around us. It's happening uh, almost, uh, you know, uh, every other week something happens globally and we are uh, in a global economy. We, the power of technology can change everything so quickly. and So, the reality is, you know, disruption forces us to accept the fact we cannot go back to where we were. Hmm. And and so it's really important in understanding Christianity in the 21st century, uh, what disruption really is. It's not just a, a realignment. It is a, a transformation. It requires us to do something totally differently. Before we and, uh, move
0: on, Dan, what is the difference in, in the two? Because I, I totally agree with you, but I do think the old playbook for us has normally been... Here's disruption. All of this change. How can we tweak things a little bit? And you're saying yeah. this is going to this is going to require far more than tweaking an old game plan.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and we'll just use the most obvious example today. Uh, gee, because of COVID nineteen and the dynamics of shelter in place and. Uh, you know, I wouldn't really want to be owning a lot of commercial office space right now, right? Uh, I cannot tell you how many people I know that have been offered by their large companies the opportunity to continue to work from home. Yes. Well, we know what that means. And so that is going to be a consequence of this disruption. That's just one of many. And uh, you think about, you know here in Memphis, for example, Uh, FedEx is obviously our largest employer. Uh, They've been a very innovative company uh, since the very beginning. And uh, so we see a lot in the press about, uh, you know, the supply chain. And, you know, they've literally created a a robot that can deliver the package to your home. Uh, They're literally talking about drone technology and delivering a package to your home. Uh, But it would be easy for us to think that the, the robots and the drones are really disruptive. No, what, what's really disruptive is e-commerce. Yeah. Everything that happened since then has been a transformation to e-commerce. Right. And, uh, you know, taking with the whole COVID-19 dynamic, you know, the, the joke that's been out there on social media is that if Chick-fil-A had been given the responsibility for testing everyone, we'd, we'd already all be tested because right. of their drive-through process. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they just so, wouldn't do it on Sunday,
0: know, but the rest of the week, yeah, they'd be absolutely. all
1: over it. Yeah, so that they do that, and you know, I see them with their, you know, uh, you know, leveraging innovation to turn their whole parking lot into a pickup area. Right. And so we think, wow, they're they're really innovative. They they're really disruptive. No, actually, that that's just again uh, uh, innovation around the the ultimate disruption. Which I'm old enough, you're not, uh, but I can remember the disruption of the fast food industry. Sure. And so that's the disruption, and we've got to see how big of a deal disruption is. To your point, many times God doesn't uh, initiate it. Uh, He doesn't cause it, uh, but he does use it, and he does leverage it. And so when we think about the church today or we think about Christianity today, Uh, I do believe that he is divinely disrupting his people again. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And uh, yeah, if you think about it, uh, a third of the churches in North America now need hospice care. They're not going to make it. Right. Uh, Another third of the churches uh, haven't grown in over 10 years. And unless something happens, they're not going to make it either Uh, Fortunately, a third of the churches are reaching people. They are growing. Mm -hmm. But the other side of this disruption in the the church world is 85%, uh, according to Barna and all the other people that research this, the reigners of the world, 85% of three entire generations are not attending anybody's church. Right. So the idea is from a spiritual standpoint, I think God is trying to get our attention that something is broken. Uh, It it is totally uh, disrupted. Uh, We're declining in our effectiveness and have been for quite some time. So again, I think he's basically saying, guys, quit tweaking multi-site and quit tweaking teaching pastors and right now media. You're going to have to actually tear this thing down and go back to the beginning of the book of Acts and find out, you know, the message is sacred, but the methods are not. So. How do we create the, the the church of the 21st century that's going to be effective in accomplishing our mission?
0: Yeah, I, to, I totally agree with that. And just coming from a church guy, when I hear you say that, uh, you know, you talked about three categories. The hospice care, which which is something we want to talk a lot about because we're, it, it sounds like we're being kind of bad news guys here. But in order to see, because we just, I think I want all the listeners and, and viewers to understand, we do not, we are not, uh, hopeless on this thing. We believe the best opportunities for the gospel in human history lie just ahead of us right now. And so, w- but what we do have to do is take a painful look sometimes at where we are to understand where we have to go. And I, I see this already happening. So, w- what we've described as a disruption actually has happened. The entire world has been disrupted, church world turned upside down but what i hear a lot Dan in conversations i see it online is that it seems that pastors and leaders in the church world at least seem to just they cannot wait to get back to what i hear is described as normal let's get back to it's like as soon as we can let's run back and and what that's going to do that's tweaking that's going back to the old playbook when the opportunities ahead of us are are there, but it's gonna require deeper change. And as a church guy, I often I often think, you know, even at, at Three Circle, we've been talking about the fact that we have seen such opportunity in this situation, ways to get better at what we do. Instead of just running back to the old playbook, let's look at the opportunities that are actually in front of us. So what, what would you say to a guy like me, and there's tons of them out there that are leading a church, why should they not be afraid? Why is what you just described actually good news for the future, that there's opportunities ahead of us if we will change our focus?
1: Well, I mean, the, the biggest thing again is uh, if you just look at the resources that are available to you uh, and, and how you can empower and delegate uh, you know, to your members uh, so that they can, you know, not just one day a week, but seven days a week uh, be living out their faith. Man, that's huge. Uh, and the whole idea of turning members into missionaries uh, is a way I like to think about it. And so, Literally, what happens on Sunday morning, it becomes a setup for the rest of the week where yes. every Christian is living on mission rather than the payoff yes. uh, for you know, everybody coming and kind of getting their cup full, uh, and then they go back out and sort of live their own life on their
0: own. And right. We've
1: got to find a way to align and work together uh, because uh, it, it's, it's, it's incredible to think about the fact. That if every church member were growing spiritually, mm-hmm. and every church member was embracing their sacred calling to know Christ and make Him known each and every day, the potential impact for the church, uh, the bride of Christ, uh, globally uh, would, would be incredible. Absolutely, uh, and and I think again, uh, you know gosh, you you really don't need anointing and and power unless you're doing something powerful. Mm -hmm. And and so I think way too much for me as a church leader of what we were able to do uh, didn't quite honestly require a whole lot of supernatural power of God to get it done. If you're going to live out your faith... Did you really just say that
0: out loud, Dan? Yeah,
1: you're you're in a totally different (laughs) world.
0: Yeah, I think you just said that out loud. And, and, and I did. Yes, and I think it needs to be said because, and again, we're not knocking uh, pragmatics. We, we want to be good leaders. We want to learn best practices. But at the end of the day, we are in a supernatural venture, this thing called the gospel and the church. And, and it's funny when, when, when you talk about that. Here, here at Three Circle, when the, when the pandemic happened, uh, we went online real fast and we were able to do that, but, but the old uh, way of thinking was very much entrenched the way it is at every church. Hey, ch- church, whether we want to believe it or not, people see church as where we go, that place we go. So we tried to be very intentional in our language, Dan, to let everyone know, and we've said it for two months, we never closed Three Circle Church we closed buildings but we never closed three circle church so now it's interesting to me as as things begin to loosen up a little i see this kind of language being used across the country with churches we're going to reopen the church i think it's dangerous language because i think it undercuts the theological stance that we should be taken and it's always been true that church these aren't as you put it these aren't holy places god's always wanted a holy people and these buildings are just tools and and you use language that that we've really grabbed on to here at 3 Circle. Sunday has to become a setup not a not a payoff. And when that happens, here here where I am, the the guy who welds metal at the shipyards in Mobile Bay, if I can get that guy to see that that place where he works Monday through fri- Friday can become sacred ground if he will embrace his sacred calling. Now we, we're off to the races if that can happen. Absolutely. So when I look at that, Dan, how, how do churches and business leaders, because we're talking to both as, as we take a look at this disruption, we've talked a lot about how it changes for the church. What has changed for the folks in the pews? And sometimes they get it quicker than we do in the church because the entrepreneur, the business owner, they're looking at some realities right now that are scary. Uh, but there's opportunities there as well.
1: Yeah, one, one of the things we're going to have to get comfortable with as Christians in the 21st century is talking about the whole idea of contextualization uh, because uh, that's really the way missionaries think uh, when they're trying to reach people uh, in a different culture. Uh, and so what is happening today in corporate America, to your point, is extremely encouraging. I've never been more encouraged by what God is doing uh, in corporate America to reach people for Christ, whether it's businesses missions or C12 or convene or right now media at work. I mean, there's a lot that God is doing out there. And what is aligning that is extremely encouraging is I've been in corporate leadership for 50 years and I've never seen a time where uh, you know, corporate leadership best practice was more closely aligned with biblical truth because what has happened is it used to be all about competency and yes. your, your education and your experience. Well, what's moved to the top of the list now is character. Mm. And so you're talking about literally training uh, corporate leaders to have honesty, integrity, humility, uh, to be servant leaders, uh, we're even talking about the whole concept of mindfulness, which is nothing more than prayer right. uh, and stopping and refocusing, uh, you know, for your, your next set of priorities. And so the, the reality is uh, corporate America, what they value most, which is character now and its leaders, which is a huge is so paradigm possibly, shift.
0: Excuse me. That's a paradigm shift. Yeah, it's right. Dramatic. I mean, it used to be bottom line and there is this new awareness that bottom line thinking's not enough.
1: Well, what is happening again with uh, the generational shifts and the disruptions that are happening there right. is if you're trying to hire and retain Gen X and millennial leaders, you're going to have to uh, recognize the things they value. Uh, they so value a high trust culture. Yes. They value empowerment and delegation. They value leaders that have integrity and character. Uh, They uh, are are fine with making a profit as long as the organization is willing to make a difference with that profit and maybe invest in inner city schools or whatever. And so you think about it, we've got three generations that have changed what's really important to them. So when they go to find a job, they're looking for companies that value character. Think about that. And so the tragedy, going back to what you said, is we as Christians and as the church, we have allowed ourselves to be identified with the place rather than the people of God. Mm -hmm. And so when people think about Christianity, they they don't think about honesty and integrity and humility and servant leadership. They think about the building and the place and the gathering. Yes. So what what has happened cultural christianity has taken on a negative connotation and we'll talk about that later and so what what is exciting to me though is the, the same three generations that are looking for character driven leadership at work are the same three generations that are not coming to the church gathered right so perfect disruptive timing unbelievable that the father wants to empower the church gathered to scatter during the week to display those character qualities in the workplace so that these people can see the reality of Christ in our lives
0: yeah hundred percent it's very interesting so uh i'm a I'm a product of the the eighties and 90s that that so you know, I'm I'm kind of right in the middle of this this game called life right now, and I've been watching with just with great anticipation the last dance that's been going on right now with Michael Jordan, and I have found a fascinating parallel. It's interesting to watch modern, especially millennials, and and I man in church world and and across the board, Dan, I think millennials get beat up a lot. They're they're so entitled and this and that, and it's interesting that here at Church Scattered, certainly every generation has its weaknesses, but every generation also has its strengths and one thing i think is beautiful about because half of my staff are millennials and they do they want purpose they want character so it's been interesting for me to watch michael jordan who was one of my heroes growing up he comes across in the last dance as this ruthless cruel bottom line you know and 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 it is shocking. The guys that grew up in the '80s and the '90s are on on Twitter and 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 Instagram, going, "This guy's awesome. This is why he's great." And the millennials are going, "We wouldn't want to play with that guy." It's interesting. Same thing. So for me as a prod, let's take that to church and leadership. Okay. So I grew up '80s and '90s. It was all about come and see, come, great sermon series, right? All of that. So. I, and, and I don't think anything's wrong with that, so to speak. Your sermon series should be great. We should be creative. But when that becomes like 85% of what you're doing, you're missing the boat. And, and this has awakened me. It's opened my eyes to the fact that we as a church, a local church, we have left so much uh, square footage untapped when it comes to our opportunities for the gospel.
1: Yeah, and what has happened, Chris, and this is a, a, a deep end of the pool subject, but cultural Christianity to me is is a version of Christianity that is primarily uh, formed by our culture. Uh, and so the point being, I don't think... Uh, Church pastors that are leading large churches are a bunch of egotistical, self centered, no. you know, prima donnas. That, that's a bad route. Absolutely. Uh, and what people have to understand uh, as Christians in the marketplace is they were never trained to lead corporate executives any more than corporate executives were trained to preach sermons.
0: Good, and good so
1: you, you can't really just come to a simplistic, uh, uh, oh, well, you know, why don't they train us or why don't they equip us? Why don't they empower us? Well, the, the answer is, well, they were never trained right. or equipped or empowered they don't know how. to do that. They don't know how. Uh, and so what has to happen here is a massive shift institutionally so that the, the church leaders are trained and equipped just like the corporate leaders need to be trained and equipped so they can speak the same common leadership language around biblical truth and mission. And, and both sides are going to have to meet in the middle. Uh, And so this isn't an intentional thing, but to your point, when the culture identifies Christianity more with the place than the people, right. And when the average Christian identifies Christianity more with the place than the people, then you can see why we're where we are. Absolutely. And so to change that, to become the people of God, representing God every day, it's going to require training and equipping on both sides. Uh, Everything related to church leadership, corporate leadership, so that we can align together to really become uh, the great force that we were called to be.
0: Which is why I'm so excited about this. That's exactly what Church Scattered is all about. That's what we want to do. We want to come alongside churches and business leaders. And really the the kind of trifecta that we're looking at that, that our entire network is built on is helping people in those three main areas, the home, work, and the church. And when those become uh, integrated, when there's a synergy among those three environments, we see the lid blow off of this thing in the best of ways. And I think one thing as we kind of land the plane on this first podcast is we want to encourage people that we do believe there's a path. Uh, into this future that God has for us, it's not going to be easy. It's going to require a lot of change, as you said. It's going to require a lot of people coming to the middle and and joining hands and learning from one another. But I do believe that some of our best days are ahead of us. And I think the big thing that that I would love to kind of kind of bring to a close here, Dan, is the idea that we don't have to be afraid of this. That that this isn't something to fear. Uh, this, this change could be really good, and it's doable, and it's not that you're just going to stop caring about Sundays. It's not that we stop caring about the gathered, but this new focus uh, we really do believe is required right now.
1: Well, the, the highest level of disruption is not with the church as we think about it. It's with Christianity as a whole uh, and what that does to your point, it impacts everything in everything. your life. You know, how well are you leading yourself? How right. well are you leading your family and your marriage? How, how is your parenting being impacted by your faith, uh, much less taking your faith to work? And what the culture wants to do is to segment everything because uh, they're perfectly happy for us to segment you know, our family and maybe our friends and maybe work and they don't mind us going to church on Sunday. That's no big deal. They are perfectly comfortable with us going to the place and doing what we do at the place and then coming back and doing everything else we do, just like we have been doing. And what segmentation does is it minimizes the role of faith in every area of your life. That's right. Uh, it minimizes the, the uh, impact it has on us as an individual Christian And then that puts the lid on our influence with other people, our children, our our spouse, our neighbors, everybody. So what biblically uh, I believe the New Testament uh, and Jesus calls us to do is tear down all that segmentation and be absolutely all in, 100% all in and let faith influence every area of our life. So the heaviest lift on Christianity for 21st century isn't going to be church methodology is going to be Christians stepping up and owning uh, what they've been called to do as a believer. Uh, and their their sacred calling is there to be a Christian leader uh, and all the implications of what that means. Their purpose in life is very clear biblically. They're to know him and make him known. Uh, why do we do that? It's the, the gratitude for the grace of God in our life. and. How do we do that? And that's where I think we're going to bring something different to this conversation because people normally think of the will of God as what you do at work. When in reality, that, that is such a small piece of this because right. who you are, you're a Christian leader. Uh, you know, what's your purpose in life to know him and make him known? Why? Gratitude for grace. That never changes. Right. It's always the same the how part changes all the time It has to. but what we've done is we've made that the most sacred part of all. And -hmm. so we think that the clergy are obviously more sacred than somebody who's, uh, you know, driving a truck for FedEx. And there's nothing in the new Testament that says that. And so we're, we're literally at a point now, what we're saying is that, you know, understand that it's just as sacred to be a stay at home mom, as it is to be a CEO of a Fortune 100 company. It's just as sacred to be a teacher in the first grade uh, in, in a secular school system as it is to be a missionary in, uh, in Africa. And so once we tear down all of this segmentation between the professional clergy and the average Christian, yeah. and we're all called to the same standard, at that point in time, there are no second class you know, Christians anymore. Right. You don't ever have to worry about, well, gee, there, there's all the trained seminary people and they're the ones that know all about the Bible. And, you know, I'm kind of going to come and listen to them tell me, no, you've got the Holy Spirit of God. You've got the word of God. And first John says that ultimately you need no one teach you other than the Holy Spirit that you have within you. So yeah. flipping this whole thing, the, the big challenge would be, okay, Christians, if you think, that the real problem is going to be that church leaders are not going to be willing to give you the responsibility to live out your faith. Uh, You're missing it. They're going to be willing to give it to you. They need to be trained to know how to do it. The biggest challenge is going to be every Christian is going to have to take that baton. They're going to have to be willing to step up. And the one thing I would say about the Michael Jordan thing, and I watched it as well, passion that's misdirected, that we would see in almost sort of an unbiblical, selfish way is nothing more than just your passion. Right. Uh, however, if, if you are absolutely passionate about Christ and knowing him and making him known, uh, you don't want to leave anything on the field. You right. You want to spend your whole life, as Paul said, running your race and sure. finishing it well and absolutely doing everything you can to Reach the largest number of people.
0: Yeah, there's a lot to learn there. I, I do. I, I find it fascinating, though, that that uh, as you pointed out, it's interesting that the secular world, without a biblical worldview, has moved to this this understanding that character really does matter. And uh, that if we're, you know, we're going to have a generation, a workforce that's full of millennials, that, that they don't want just the old 80s, 90s bottom line. But the problem is, and we're going to dive into this in our next podcast, the problem is the world seems to be changing their scorecard faster than the church is. And that's a big deal because we now live in a time where the world's actually changed to this new model, and the church is still hanging on to a bottom line mentality, an 80s and 90s type bottom line. How many seats are filled on Sunday? How many people can we get in the building? We think that needs to change. We're going to talk about that in the next podcast. Dan, we got a book coming out called Church Scattered. How can they get that book? We're really excited about it.
1: Well, the uh, first place I'd encourage everybody to go is just our website, Church Scattered, uh, right. uh, and, and, and check it out. And uh, the book is on the website. And uh, obviously, the book is available on Amazon. You can find it there. And, uh, and really, the, the primary you know, uh, purpose of the book is to help Christians live out their faith, uh, starting at home. Uh, If it doesn't work there, nothing else really matters. Uh, And so you really need to be all in there. You need to lead yourself well. You need to lead your family well. And then, gosh, the Holy Spirit uh, that is living within you on Sunday morning is living within you while you have your quiet time is also going to be going with you to work. So since he's going with you to work, then why don't you let him help you with your work and trust me, uh, the book brings out a lot of illustrations about how that works. Yeah. Uh, and so hopefully people can grasp that uh, merging work and faith, leadership and life, personal and professional, sacred and secular. All of this is Christianity for 21st century.
0: Love it. So if, you, uh, if you're if you watching or listening today, guys, this is really an introduction to who we are. And uh, go check out the book. As Dan said, go to the website. Uh, podcast will uh, will continue to come, and uh, we'll continue to dive into these subjects. And, and really, this is an integration. This is a whole life approach that we're wanting to look at, home, uh, church, and work. And those are environments that we all as believers are walking in and living in. And uh, I think that you're going to find these Conversations helpful. If this first podcast has piqued your interest, we would love for you uh, to check out the next one, uh, sign up for them, and also tell your friends about it. Tell your friends about what we're doing here at Church Scattered. Uh, This is a network, this is a movement, and we're really excited because we think the best days for all of us as believers. ahead of us. We have opportunities, not just obstacles, and we want to help you uh, take advantage of all of that. So thanks a lot for tuning in. Uh, We'll see you the next time on the Church Scattered Podcast.